and this is NRI Woman, the show where we chat with women of Indian origin living abroad. I'm Bettina. And I'm Lenora. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and joining us this week to share their stories of overcoming cancer are Purnima Jagdiani, who's been in remission for a year, and Meena Gopakumar, who has been in remission for 10 years. Also joining our conversation today is our first NRI man, Gopa Kumar, Meena's husband, who's here to share his perspective through diagnosis, treatment, and recovery. Purnima is based in Dubai with her husband Anish and 16-year-old daughter Alaysha. She runs a successful business of fashion jewelry. Meena and Gopa are based in Phoenix, Arizona. They have two boys, 17-year-old Adve and 11-year-old Aaron. They both work with Amex. Neither are sad stories. They are both of hope, faith, support, and love. Breast cancer can have many symptoms, from a nipple that turns inwards, redness around the breast, dimpled skin, discharge from the nipples, to the most common one, finding a lump in the breast or underarm. For both Purnima and Meena, it began with the discovery of a lump in their breast. Um, I had this uh, surprise birthday party thrown for uh, Gopa. On a Sunday evening, um, we had a whole host of friends, uh, had a great time. Uh, the party sort of got over pretty late into one, two, and I went to bed um, very tired, exhausted, lying on my side, had my hands on my side and sort of under my arm. Uh, and I just suddenly felt this uh, lump and I said, hmm, I have never never felt this before i and i wonder what this is i mean i've and it was strange because it was fairly big and i was quite uh, surprised that i'd never felt it all this while something in me right then said it didn't seem right uh, but it was sunday night uh, past about one or two in the in the morning i tried to go to bed uh, sleep but obviously um, just couldn't this definitely bothered me i knew something wasn't right um somehow got through till the morning and um, called up, got to my uh, regular physician who checked and said, it doesn't look quite right because it's an irregular solid ma mass. It looks like a solid mass. Let's get an ultrasound done. And the ultrasound showed up as a solid tumor and then uh, went in for a biopsy. And in about uh, the whole thing went in from about two weeks later, I got the results and uh, it was malignant. So, um, completely with and I had done my my mammogram the pre prior year uh, in November I had done my uh, regular physicals which I usually do every year and this absolutely came in from nowhere. While Meena went to the doctor the same morning she found the lump Purnima took a different route. I found a lump in my breast actually it was way back in 2013 I found a small lump in my breast and actually, I, I didn't think much of it, you know. I said, I, it's, it's nothing to worry about, and I ignored it. And um, nothing happened till 2016, but over the process, I, the, the lump, over the period of time, the lump started growing. And it grew significantly, which I noticed in 2016, and I said, now I need to get this checked. So for three years, I didn't do anything about it. And in 2006, October 2016, I went and saw the doctor and uh, um, they, uh, they said I need to run a couple of tests. And I did the whole run and it was identified as malignant. 
Meena was diagnosed with a triple negative breast cancer and Purnima was diagnosed with stage 2 breast cancer. The diagnosis took both by surprise. Meena was in her late 30s and Purnima in her early 40s. They were both healthy and neither had a history of cancer in the family. When Purnima discovered the lump for the first time in 2013, it was so small she didn't think anything of it. For Meena, she believes the warning came mystically. Uh, so this happened on a Sunday night was uh, when I felt this. The prior week, I was at a conference in uh, Vegas. Uh, and that Thursday evening, I was... Uh, uh, this conference had these uh, uh, like trade show booths. So one of the booths had a fortune teller. Uh, the booth was talking about uh, fraud and risk uh, in the industry, the financial services industry. And they sort of had a fortune teller to showcase fraud and risk. So I walked in, I was walking past the booth and this lady was standing outside and uh, she asked me, do you want to come in? I can tell, um, do you want to come in? And uh, um, I said, sure, why not? I walked in and I'm sure I had this little smirk on my face like, okay, you're going to tell me my, my fortune, right? And I walk in and um, she didn't ask me a word. I didn't speak a word. And she just looked at me and said, um, uh, lady, you're worrying too much about your about your family and your children. You should just stop worrying about that. They are absolutely fine. Take care of your health. And I'm thinking at the back of my mind, take care of my health. I just did my physicals. Everything is perfect. My husband has cholesterol and I have nothing. I mean, no cholesterol, nothing. Everything is perfect. And what are you telling me? Take care of my health. And sure enough, when this uh, when I felt the lump, that was the first thing that kind of struck me was did this lady really have something that, uh, you know, or was it just coincidental? The other person to be entirely caught off guard when something like this happens is the partner or spouse. And for Gopa, the news was equally devastating. So it's definitely uh, the question of the unknown, right? And um, between Meena and myself, you know, Meena is more diligent when these things happen, her research and her knowledge base around medicine and all that seems to be at a much, much higher level than mine. So for me, it was just um, the word cancer, right? I mean, it, I don't know it, what's the difference truly between um, breast cancer to an, another form of cancer. For me, cancer is, is considered as the bad, uh, you know, bad thing. And so obviously my mind was working more in terms of the worst case scenario. What does this mean? Um, what does this mean for our family? What does it mean for the children? So it's, it's, those were the things which were going in my mind. You've always heard um, cancer leads to bad things. And, and, and um, so it was, it, was, it was very stressful in terms and emotionally down in terms of trying to figure out what, 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 what went wrong. I mean, you're now starting to blame people. You know, what did we do wrong and those kind of stuff. So it was, it was pretty bad. Now that they had their diagnosis, the next step was to break the news to family and friends. For Meena and Gopa, their immediate families were in India and the children too young to understand what was happening. Gopa shared the news with their close friends in Phoenix. Uh, we came home and we, uh, 
said let's take this one step at a time so all that we did was usually friday evenings we have friends coming over uh, you know we either meet at a friend's place or we have friends coming over so gopa did call up uh, some of our friends and said hey this is the situation uh, and uh, so it was just another friday evening as far as the kids were concerned uh, we had a uh, our close friends who showed up who came home um, catered food out from out and uh, we just ha- spent the evening at home Purnima and her husband decided to handle this another way. In addition to the family and friends, they had to share the news with their daughter who was then 14. You know, I I believe that it's always more difficult if a loved one is you you, you come to know that a loved one has been diagnosed with something like that rather than you going through it yourself. So it was uh, my husband and my sister who came with me for all the tests. So they were the ones who knew right from the beginning the entire process however uh, there were two things that we decided that were important before we break the news to our family the rest of the family especially our daughter my mom and you know everybody else we said first of all we need to be strong and we may need to have accepted the fact and operate from a strength of uh, from a space of strength and not from fear because once we break the news to our family and they see that we we are coming from strength they would be uh, they would be more at ease meena shared the news with her son and purnima with her daughter once they knew their treatment plans uh, that's when i uh, did tell my older 7 year old saying hey uh, mommy is actually uh, not doing too well i've got a little boo boo and uh, i will be going through some treatment and as a result of the treatment i'll be a little tired i may not be able to hang out and play a whole lot with you um uh, you know some the tree the medicines that i eat will sometimes affect the way i look i might lose my hair and uh, that obviously was the biggest um, the moment i said i might lose my hair i could see the change in his uh, face he said what you lose your hair and i said yeah that the medicines really powerful so sometimes i could lose my hair and uh, he stopped for a moment he uh, he thought and he said oh are you saying that when you come to my school you will not have hair and that kind of really hit me and i said um, no i could uh, i could wear a wig and you're not going to see a difference i mean people in your school are not going your friends are not going to know any dif- see me any different from what they see me uh, now would that help and he said yes that would be great So my daughter, she's a very mature girl, and then um, also what uh, happened at that time that she was actually learning. Ironically, she was learning about cancer at school. So immediately she started relating to what she's learning, and she was uh, she was very accepting. I think I drew a lot of strength from her because she said that, "Mom, let's look at this." She took a very clinical uh, clinical um, take on the whole thing rather than an emotional take. So she said, "Mom, so now we know that you're at stage two. We know what all has to follow. We know that there is a cure, and let's do it. Let's do it together." So I think I just I drew a lot of strength from her, and I think a lot of her centering comes from the fact that she's been um, associated with spirituality, and um, this is where it all comes to play, right? Purnima and her husband and daughter are part of the Chinmaya Mission, a Hindu spiritual organization. they teach the uh, teachings of the gita yeah and um, how we can incorporate the value systems into our everyday life so uh, it's made a huge impact on our family on my husband on me on 
our daughter. And I think it filters into every area of our life. So we're really, really grateful to be able to be, you know, to exp- to have uh, this introduced into our lives at a slightly earlier age. And it helped us throughout our journey. Both had their diagnosis, had shared the news with their family and friends, and now had to begin the treatment. Meena's was chemotherapy, followed by surgery and radiation. And for Purnima, it was surgery, chemotherapy and radiation. While the medical plan was provided by the doctors, there was no doctor to provide a plan to deal with the emotional or practical parts of the treatment. To me, to me what kept me going was, uh, you know, just the family. Uh, I, I, I mean, I realized that uh, there are certain things I can control. There are certain things that I can't control. So what I can control is uh, how I feel and um, how I look at this whole journey and uh, how can I be present at every moment and, and make sure that I make the most use of what I have, respect of what that may be. What I cannot control is the outcome of the treatment and what the treatment is that's left to the doctors to decide. And that, I think, gave me the strength uh, to move forward. And uh, the other thing was also when I met with my oncologist, uh, Dr. Nothfeld uh, from Mayo, um, while he told me this is the most aggressive form of cancer, he told me that uh, uh, if there is one thing that is positive to this form of cancer is uh, usually chemo works very well with this cancer. So if you your body uh, reacts positively to chemo, uh, then you should be good. And he said, I'll see you. I'll, uh, I can tell you that you will live uh, until you're 80. So I think that little uh, positive uh, note from him gave me the confidence to say, OK, let me uh, leave this to the doctors and I'll trust what they say and I'll follow what they tell me to do. And I will stay positive and do what I can control right now. I was petrified. I was really, really fearful. And uh, I I just didn't, as I said, it just hits you and you don't really know what's, you know, what's to come. So, um, yes, I did have a lot of fears um, initially and even through the journey because there's a lot of apprehension and there's a lot of uh, question marks and there's so many questions because even though they, they line up things for you, you know, there, there are after effects of so many things like the chemotherapy, there are different side effects, the radiation, the surgery, everything has an after effect and how your body and you can take it, you know. So um, it was very scary. However, you know, I think it's it's, uh, what you choose to focus on. You really have to take one day at a time. It's when we look at the, when I, we would look at the whole thing, and today when we stand back, when my husband and I, my husband and Aish and I talk about it, and and look back at our journey, and we said if we actually would, um, you know, look at what really is coming next, uh, and worry about that, it would have been so difficult. But today, if I knew that my, I, the first thing I had to do was the surgery, so we just focused on that. We said, okay, one day at a time. This is what I need to do now. So I need to focus on the surgery, I need to make my body strong, and I need to know what could be the after effects of the surgery and, and deal with that. Once surgery was done, then what's what's the next step? So one step at a time, one day at a time. That was the only way. That was really the only way. Otherwise, it's it's really, really hard. While the internet can be a great source of information, the flip side is that there is so much out there that it can seem so daunting and most of it may not be relevant to one's case. 
often searching through all that data has an aggravating effect instead of calming oneself. You know, from, from my point, uh, the, during the early stages of our, uh, our uh, you know, analysis and discussions around how to go about the treatment, um, your tendency is to rely on um, internet and various documents to read and understand. But what came across in that is mostly the emotional side of the stories of how people had to suffer and go through this process. And you tend to, as, as, as human beings, you tend to nav gravitate towards those kind of stories and you kind of start thinking that I have to go through this process as well. And so if there is a lady who says that I literally, um, you know, had bad days every day and this is the worst thing that could have happened to me in my life, you know, you, you, you tend to believe in that and you kind of go through that process. And one day, one of our very close doctor came home and, um, you know, who is a doctor in Mayo, and he said, you know, if there's one thing that I would advise you guys not to do is get caught up in these kind of, uh, read these kind of uh, blogs or uh, information, read about the medicine, talk to the doctor, what, the, what is the medicinal treatment that he's talking about, focus on the medicine, gather information on the medicine and keep that information very close to what you need to know and not get caught up in the soft stories and, and that is the way you can you know, navigate through this uh, whole process. For me, that was a very important thing. And from that point on, I did not, if somebody were to come home and say, oh, Bina, you know, life is so bad for you and all things, I don't get caught up in that kind of emotion. And I would just say, you know, just let's just move on. For Purnima, it was her husband, Anesh, and daughter, Elisha. And for Meena, it was Gopa who helped them keep their focus on the treatment and on the road to getting better rather than focusing on the outcome a quality that has now become part of both their families. You want to have control over your life, over your child's life and things like that. So as I said, um, I told myself that um, it's so important to, to just focus on the best you can do and the best, the, the, the be you, for you to become the best version of yourself, basically, you know? so. Uh, you do the best that you can do, but you really need to give up the attachment to the outcome because that is what we all need. We need to know, we need to be sure that things are going to pan out the way we want them panned out, but it doesn't really happen that way. And it is difficult to give up attachment to all, to the outcome. It's not easy, but really this is what actually we've been talking to our daughter and it really helped her during her GCSE exams, which she gave. Yeah, last year because we told her that you need to enjoy the process yes you want to get your A's and your A stars yeah but let, let's not focus on that let's not study and focus whilst you're studying that I'm doing this because I want to get my A star I'm doing it because this is my learning today and let me do it to the best that I can and then the result will take care of itself so I think this is what we've learned as a family to really focus on on the now and do the best today and really try and be detached. So in general, I'm not the kind of person uh, who breaks down very easily. 
so uh, but so in front of friends in front of work at pr- in front of the children everything i'm very strong i'm very uh, it's like nothing doesn't nothing really deters me that's kind of how i uh, i put up a face but then deep inside there are days you come back and at night and like god will i make this through and uh, you know do you think um, uh, i will be able to see my older son graduate do you think uh, i'll be able to see the next five years how how are the children going to deal with this if they don't have a mom so there are a lot of those things that constantly go through your mind but uh, i think to a very very large extent i would uh, attribute uh, a lot uh, to our friends uh, who continue to almost keep life as uh, normal with the regular weekend meetings and most importantly i think gopa his um, he has this weird sense of humor that he used to bring up in in the evenings once the kids go to bed and i'm like reading something and i'll tell gopa hey do you think this will uh, you know i'll make it make it through after all of this and uh, he cracks these little jokes and i'm like really you don't have that sense of uh, sympathy with me <laughs> i mean you're like telling me you're yeah, but I, i you know i know what i know definitely the you know know that what he was going through but it was just a different face that he uh put for, put forth and made sure that he uh gave me the confidence that things will turn around so um uh, and i think uh, uh, very often you're thinking when as a patient you're thinking through about yourself and the children and i i don't know if how much i would have re- i really sat back to think what gopas probably going through but he uh, was definitely a pillar of strength where he gave he um gave a very different um different level of confidence if i was really low and i'd say what if i don't make it he'll say yeah if you don't make it you don't make it what can you do about it so he kind of you know he, uh, he does say that i know i mean that's not what he really uh, says but he wants me to kind of get over it you know that was his intent it's not just meena but most of us give very little thought to how the partner's coping this is the first time we really thought about it was while chatting with gopa so one one thing everybody needs to realize is that yes um uh there is someone who is going through uh this this whole uh, incident right now of you know of cancer but then equally the partner is also is in a very stressed situation and when people come home to visit uh let's say in this case meena everybody would come in and there is so much of sympathy around you know who how is she doing what is happening to her and you know, why did this happen and you know you keep but people tend to neglect that there's the other guy sitting there who is running from morning till evening trying to make ends meet and he has no support structure so as uh, so from for for people who are trying to support um you know you know give equal uh importance to both the person it but both need different types of attention and and um you know the other person also definitely uh needs uh some level of support so um so that's something which gets ignored and you know wherever uh, you know in situations where i talk to talk to people and i kind of tell them that hey if you're trying to help somebody who is going through this you know pay attention to the other guy too so as for it's 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 a joint effort end of the day but then you know they the the struggles both of them go through the same um struggle in different ways 
The support of friends and family is what helps people get through tough times. While Purnima was fortunate to be surrounded by family and friends, Meena and Gopa had the comfort and help of their friends as their family was far away. The year 2008 in general was a very bad year. One side, you're dealing with all the issues around uh, Meena's health. Kids were small, very limited family support here. Uh, and on top of that, uh, if you were in the United States that year, that was the recession period, right? I mean, the every day you're talking about job loss, you know, companies going under. It was the worst year to have encountered. And so the stress levels are very high. You know, I mean, any which way you look at it, nothing is certain. And, um, and it, it really, it, it drags you down. Um, you know, mean, you, can, you can visualize a, 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 a normal day. You, we have two kids who are going to school. I have to go to work and Mina has to go for her treatment, which means one person have to handle this in four different directions, two different schools, office, and the hospital. And the only way you can do this, and those are the days when you don't have Uber and things like that, you know, you definitely need somebody to drive you to these places, which means your friends have to take time off from work, to make sure that Mina can get to the hospital in, in a timely fashion, or they have to pick up the kids from school. You know, and, and once all this is done and you're back at home, you need support in terms of, you know, you have to make food for the kids, you have to meet, you know, Mina's needs are required, my needs are required, everything. So there were no limits as to what a friend can help you at this point in time. You just come in, you do what, you know, they just did what they all, you know, felt needs to be taken care of. So it was, they were very, very helpful. For me, it was more around um, this uh, lady and our neighbor introduced uh, me to uh, Stacy, who came from California and had gone through something very similar. So hearing, um, hearing real, um, getting real advice from her in terms of uh, how to handle a situation and uh, um, uh, you know sh uh, when I wasn't when I was going through chemo at the hospitals I'm nice to go for chemo by myself somebody will drop me and someone will pick me up but during the chemo I'm by myself over there so um, we used to text each other and she used to send me jokes over the you know little jokes which I get to share with the nurses so Things, little things that she did um, uh, and uh, her real life uh, examples of how she overcomes things was the biggest benefit to me. Just this one-on-one -on -one connection uh, was the most important thing to me. They all had something to keep them going. And one of the most significant factors that both Nina and Purnima believed helped them through the treatment and recovery was that they continued to work. The work provided them both with much needed distraction. If one is not working, Purnima suggests, work on your hobby. Do something that makes you happy and keeps your mind occupied. Meena and Purnima realize that they are living a new life and this time around, they've made some changes. This has made me a lot more aware of what and of what I do uh, and how I live. I, mean, uh, uh, I definitely, in terms of... Um, food i pay a lot more in t um, attention to what i buy at the store i have almost switched to a 100 percent organic 
uh, read labels uh, in terms of what I pick up, uh, reduce uh, uh, reduce um, sugar intakes, especially if it is uh, like high high corn fructose uh, syrups, any of those kind of um, things which are not healthy. Uh, you know the sugar-free options that you have. Uh, um, the diet sodas and the uh, any of those which have uh, uh, saccharin, which is supposedly carcinogenic. Um, you know, when you grill uh, food, uh, especially meat, uh, avoid the burnt portion of the meat, uh, which is apparently not good. So I, I, in terms of uh, food habits, it's definitely changed. Uh, I de- watch what I buy. I watch what I eat. Uh, um, and very conscious about uh, what you what you eat. Um, and from an overall point of view, yes, I think um, you've become a little more, um, you know, you don't sweat over small things anymore. I think you've mentally become a lot more stronger. Uh, your priorities have changed. Um, so small things don't matter anymore. So now one of the things that we manage is that we understand work is work, and there is a point in time the work has to get over, and um, in the rest of the time you have to spend either for family, for health, and so we've 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 started balancing a better lifestyle these days. It, there has to be an entire lifestyle shift um, because uh, we cannot take this for granted. The fact I can I decided that I cannot take my life for granted because I have been gifted with a second chance and I treasure it, I value it, I'm, in, I'm extremely grateful for it. So yes, changes as in um, um, meditation in the morning, um, getting up in the morning and being grateful for the day that I have and spending a few moments with myself to disconnect from the world and just go within. I would call it the my hour of power in the morning. So doing my little bit of meditation, going for my my walk in the sun, breathing, taking some deep breaths and spending some time with myself and then starting the day. So that hour in the morning is precious and that sets the, sets in tune the rest of the day because then you feel you feel very centered. I've always been very pedantic about things and you know the need to be super organized you know I like to I used to get up in the morning and I used to write the 10 things my to-do list to-do list that I have to do so yeah I was very quite pedantic about that and I you know I think I was a bit inflexible with that Uh, however now I still do it I still have a to-do list but it's much shorter yeah so not to sweat the small stuff as in you plan the bigger the bigger picture what you want to accomplish through the day but not to plan each moment of it and really honestly to to give up things you to not focus on things which are really not important because that they are they are, they are energy vampires i would say there's a tremendous dissipation of energy on things to focus on things which are really not important so yeah these two things are i think huge changes <laughs> which have come about yeah and to you If you're in this journey at the moment, this is what Purnima and Meena have to say from being in the same shoes you're wearing right now. You know, there's a big stigma attached to cancer. The moment somebody knows that they've been diagnosed with cancer, somebody knows that somebody has cancer, it's like, oh my God, their world has come to an end. It's really not that hard. It's not. Um, 
you need to be aware and you need to identify it as you know if it is identified at a decent time i would say preferably early but even at a decent time and you go and see the doctors and the you know you start your treatment right away you know there's a cure waiting for you so we live we we live we in 2018 today so it's not really a stigma anymore in fact there are a lot of women going through cancer and specifically breast cancer so i really want to tell my listeners that if ever you find out that you do have it it's not the end of the world at all it's the what you choose to focus on and say that you know it's something which is quite common now so it's happened to me and uh, you know it's i'm going to uh, look at it, i'm going to handle it very intelligently i'm going to take the right choices i'm going to get my second opinions because that's very important the second and maybe even a third and then take the um, the decision as to which which uh, way you want to go you know so just looking at it more intelligently than emotionally i've spoken a lot about gratitude i would say love more you know and give most <laughs> and and be grateful that's what i would say you know uh one day at a time enjoy your time that the you know the time that you have with your loved ones um don't sweat the small stuff and be grateful for every day that's what i would say <laughs> uh for folks going through this uh, or recently diagnosed uh, uh, you know reach out ask for help they people do want to help your friends neighbors family people want to help certain at times they are unsure how to help they are not sure uh, how you would receive help what to help so the best is ask for help say specifically what you need uh reach out uh, and um, have a support system that will take you through this whole journey because that's the most important thing the one thing is stay positive uh use this as an as an event where you celebrate life uh you know something when something bad happens to you you have three choices you can either let it define who you are you can let it destroy you or you can let it strengthen you and i think uh, my thing is let this be the an opportunity where you see a different you and let it strengthen you and you come out as a much stronger person at the end of this journey mina and purnima have come out of this stronger than before and with a new zest for life they work consciously on living their best life every day and giving back Purnima gives a percentage of the profits from her business to the Tata Memorial Institute's Genetic Cancer Department and Meena is passionate about being available to anyone who's on this journey and needs any support 24/7 and chatting with these brave ladies we've learned they don't need our sympathy or apprehensions so we're going to call or text a friend who's fighting this right now let them know we're here for them but most importantly send out positive vibes and do something special that makes them smile and let them know we care join us again next time for more inspiring stories of nri women if you like the show please recommend us to a friend and don't forget to rate us as it helps other people find us if you'd like to get in touch with us please email us at hello@nriwoman.com at or twitter at nri_women stay tuned for highlights from the next episode at the end of the show You can see and learn more about the amazing women we chat with on our Facebook page or website www.nriwoman.com. I'm Nanora and I'm Bettina. Until next time, keep learning, keep inspiring and be kind.
next week on NRI Woman. Our girls are not raised to be brave. They are straight A students till 12th, right? They're straight A students till the 12th class and they end up in college. And guess what? College is too hard and they can't be straight A anymore. It demotivates them and they choose to go for something easier so that they can get that A that they're so used to. That's why women are not founders of big startups. Because the biggest principle of a startup is to fail. New episodes come out every Monday. Make sure you subscribe.